I'm Spade Robinson, and this is Storyteller Therapy. I decided that it was really important to go back to the nuts and bolts. I've been talking to a lot of screenwriters recently. There's so many questions about outlines and structure and beat sheets and acts and how many acts and how few acts and does it have to be three acts and all of this. So I thought it would be a great time to do a three-part series on writing the feature screenplay. This episode is about writing an outline. Next episode is about writing a beat sheet and the next episode is going to be about how to write a good screenplay in 10 weeks. Before we start talking about an outline, I first want to check in with you guys. I've been getting a lot of questions about structure as it pertains to thriller type films, scary movies, and just genre in general. I actually found a film I feel has the perfect structure for a thriller, but it's an old one. Do any of you guys remember The Fugitive with Harrison Ford? I remember watching this movie. I had to be a kid watching this movie. And I recently revisit it and I think it has a perfect structure for a thriller. It's a classic three-act structure about a person who's trying to do a thing and there's several versions of opposition that he's up against but at the center of it is a lot of heart. He's trying to find out who killed his wife who he loved very much. The key thing to realize when looking at the structure of this film is to realize the simultaneous trajectory of Harrison Ford's character, that journey, and then this trajectory of his opposition which is the police. Those two things happening at the same time in a very well-structured or crafted narrative that builds on top of itself creates an explosion that happens, the perfect storm where Harrison Ford figures out who actually killed his wife. The police figure out that he's innocent. When I say a narrative that builds on top of itself, I mean that it's crafted in the building blocks, literally build on top of each other to create a more and more compelling narrative given the facts that we learn. And the length that we learn that our main character is willing to go to to get to the truth. I hope that makes sense because essentially what I'm saying is with a lot of these films it ends up being very flat even though it sort of feels exciting to watch because there's just obstacle against obstacle against obstacle but they're all on the same plane. So you have someone who's running from the police and there are things that get in their way in terms of being able to get away or being able to do whatever they need to do but they all sort of happen at the same level of frustration and there's no new information that we're given. And this case, we continue to learn more and more and dig deeper and deeper into the story and the obstacles become more and more heightened and more and more in tune with what the actual obstacle is. Where he thought people were his friends, they're actually his enemy. Where he thought he was learning the truth about this random thing, he's learning the truth about something that's a little well-structured and he learns more and more about what that is and who's involved. The stakes become higher and higher because these are people who are closer to his circle. At the same time, the police are finding out the same thing at the same rate. So that's sort of the nuts and bolts vegetable version of it but of course when you put it all together it's exciting and thrilling because you're learning along with the character as opposed to knowing less than he knows or more than he knows you know just as much as he knows which I think is a really great way to do a thriller film. So let's talk all about outlines. Now I want to be clear that every outline is not the same. People write outlines in all different types of formats. I have my clients write it in a very specific format. I write it in the same format. I think it's very useful but it's not universal. The way that I write outlines for a feature screenplay is to divide them into three acts. Just to be clear every film does not fit into a three-act structure but the reason why I make all of my feature writing clients go through this structure is because I still think that there should be a 
few things needed, whether it fits into this traditional structure or not, and you need to include them in your outline, whether you move around the pieces or not. I start off pretty small, like a short truncated outline, and then I build from there. So the first thing you're gonna decide is what is your inciting incident, what is your midpoint, what is your lowest point, and what is your conclusion. Then you'll go back in and decide what those events encompass. So you already know what your film is about in general. A lot of times I like to start with asking, okay, so you know what the film is about. What's your character's lowest point? Or what's the lowest point of the movie? Your bottom of your second act. So I will have people figure that out before they even figure out what the inciting incident, what the conclusion is. They know what their lowest point is. Then I say, okay, that's the lowest point. Then what is your inciting incident? What kicks off your movie? Then after that, we decide what the midpoint is, what's the middle of the film or the climax of the movie, and then what's the conclusion. You don't have to go in that order, but those are the things that I look for in the first phase of an outline. I call these events. So these aren't scenes per se. These aren't granular moments. These are just events. So if you can't put it in one sentence, it's too long. The event for the lowest point may be she gets fired from her job, or the event for the lowest point may be his wife leaves him. Now when we go back in with the beat sheet, we'll decide exactly what scenes happen, what sequences make up that event. But right now we're just looking for the general event. The inciting incident may have an event that is he moved out of his parents' basement. That's the beginning of the movie that kicks off the movie. So once you figure out those things, and again, those things are deciding what the inciting incident is, what the midpoint or climax is, what's the lowest point, and then what's the conclusion. After that, I go into putting these into acts. So the first act includes the inciting incident. The second act includes the midpoint or the climax and the lowest point. And then the third act has the conclusion. These acts are separated by Roman numerals. The capital letter are going to be these events. So I would put Roman numeral one, act one, A would be the inciting incident. And then I would put dash and what that event is. He moved out of his mother's basement. The second phase is to add in a couple of more events. The second events are the status quo and the point of no return. So the status quo would be the very first thing. And that is the state of the world of your film before the inciting incident. If the inciting incident is that he left his mother's basement, then the status quo would have something to do with what his life is like while he's living in his mother's basement. The point of no return is the reaction to the inciting incident. So him moving out of his mother's basement kicked off the movie. The point of no return is him probably moving into his new apartment. That's when the movie's underway and we're not going back or the story's underway and we're not going back. And that goes in the order of Roman numeral one, act one, A, status quo, B, inciting incident. Act two, we have point of no return, our climax, our midpoint, and our lowest point. Act three, we have our conclusion. That's the second phase. And then you go in and then you write what the events are associated with those new types of events that you just added. The reason why I put them in this order is because trying to figure out what happens in your movie from beginning to end is sometimes really difficult. But when you get excited about your story, you sort of know, ooh, the climax looks like this. Okay, well, let's just write that down. And then we'll plot what needs to happen between that climax and the lowest point. So if you know what the midpoint is or the climax is and you know what the lowest point is, then it's easier to figure out what needs to happen between these two events to make them make sense. That's why I do this in phases because some of these phases are a little more subtle. So you know the beginning of your movie, the middle of your movie, and the end of your movie. And then you go in to create the more subtle phases of your film 
And sometimes having those bare bones helps trigger you knowing what happens in those more subtle phases. So that's why I layer them on top of each other. So you have the first phase of your outline. You have the second phase of your outline. And the third phase of your outline is adding the trigger, the lasting change, and the post-conclusion. So now this is the order. You have Roman numeral one. Act one, A, status quo, dash, what the status quo is. B, inciting incident, dash, what kicks off the movie. Roman numeral two, act two, A, point of no return. B, under act two, is going to be your midpoint, your climax. That is when things converge in the life of your character to a point where it looks like everything is working in the right direction. This is the epitome of everything that they wanted. So this is when their want seems to be accomplished, but the need hasn't seemed to be accomplished yet. After that is the trigger. The trigger is something that kicks off the lowest point. So we know the lowest point is the lowest point for our story or our character. But before we get to that, there's something that happens after the climax that triggers the next set of events to happen that brings us to our lowest point. Which is to say, if our midpoint or climax is what our character always wanted to happen, so... For example, if we have this guy who is inciting incidents, he moved out of his mother's basement. Point of no return is that he moved to his new apartment. He did all of this because he wanted to be able to have a girlfriend. So the midpoint is he met this great girl. She came to his new apartment and they made love for the first time. He's like, yes, finally, right? Everything seems to be going great according to his plan. The trigger is when his mother calls and she's, you know, saying, I miss you. You should come back. Can you, can you come fix the light bulb? And he's triggered into being in that sort of very codependent relationship with his mom. The lowest point is going to be when he chooses his mom over his new girlfriend and his new girlfriend breaks up. That's the next thing after the trigger. But it was triggered by that phone call, Okay. The next thing is going to be Roman numeral three, act three, lasting change. So lasting change is when our character decides to deal with their deep-seated need, which in our case is probably going to be him going to his mom and saying, I can't do this codependent relationship anymore. You can call me on Tuesdays and Thursdays and that's it. And then you have your conclusion, which is the end of the movie which is where he go finds his girlfriend in the park and he gets down on one knee and he proposes. And then there's the post-conclusion, which is whatever happens after technically the story is over. So post-conclusion may be showing them move all of their stuff into their new house or moving everything back into his apartment or she moves in with him or they have a baby or something like that. That's the post-conclusion. So just to go through this one more time, the first phase is going to be your inciting incident, your midpoint, your lowest point, and your conclusion. The second phase you're going to add your status quo and your point of no return that's your second phase so by the end of the second phase you have your status quo your inciting incident your midpoint your lowest point your point of no return and your conclusion the third phase is you go back in and you're going to add your trigger lasting change and your post-conclusion so by the end of your third phase you have roman numeral one act one status quo dash what that event is, inciting incident, dash what that event is, Roman numeral two, act two, A, point of no return, dash what that event is, B, midpoint, dash what that event is, C, trigger, dash what that event is, and D, lowest point, dash what that event is, Roman numeral three, act three, A, lasting change, dash what that event is, and B, conclusion, dash what that event is, and C, post-conclusion, dash what that event is. During the last phase of this process, then you go in and under your status quo, it's A, status quo, and then the number one, and then what that event 
Megan is in the status quo. Two, what happens after that? Three, what happens after that? All the way until you get to your inciting incident. When you get to your inciting incident, what that event is. And then you list using numbers what events need to happen to get you from your inciting incident to your point of no return, okay? And you do that all the way to the end until your post-conclusion. Once you're done with that, you have basically your whole movie. So it may feel like an oversimplification, but that is all it is. If you do it in phases, I think it is easier to transition from one phase to another without getting stuck. So then you can go into writing your pages. If you have any questions about that, definitely let me know. I will have my email address in the show notes as well as a link where you can see this outline played out also in the show notes. And that's going to go directly into the very next episode that is about writing your beat sheet. And of course, I'm sure you can guess what the homework is this week. The homework is to write your outline. Let me know how it goes. All right. Talk to you guys next week.